What's up, y'all? This is Tony Powell, and you're listening to Powell to the People, a podcast, episode 138. Once again, we reconvene with the finest cast in the whole podcasting universe. When I want to know what's going on with anything New York City transit related, there's no expert I trust more than my cousin, Mr. Keith Powell. What's going on, Keith? Man, I am good. How y'all guys feeling today? And when I want to know what's going on with the local TV news beat, my favorite director happens to be my brother. He's here today, Mr. Mark Powell. What's going on, Mark? What's up, fam? What's up, world? And when I want to know what's going on with the local New York City real estate scene, there's no expert I trust more than the man we call Mr. Eddie Kane Jr., but you call him Mr. Derek Powell, my cousin. What's going on? Everything is good. Always good to be in the cipher with the cats. How y'all doing? Well, right. I am. I, we, I think we're all well. You know, I think, you know, this is actually a really good day. Uh, my Knicks did it again. What? That's right. What? <laughs> what you saying? Your yeah, yeah, my next. Well, what's the problem? You, you, listen, man, we got we need to go back to the videotape. You made it crystal clear you were going with the Brooklyn Nets. Oh man, you know how I like to, be- to tell jokes. I'm a jokester. That's what I do for a living. I tell jokes. <laughs> Yo, you've been dogging me all year. I just said my Knicks are back on top. Looks like they're gonna get it. We'll have to play in the play-in game. Very excited. Haven't been this excited since 1999. This is a very exciting time for all Knicks fans. You know, this in fact, I, don't, I'm, I, I can't even believe y'all are even questioning my 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 bona fides. You know, when you, when you talk about Knicks fans, it's Spike Lee, uh, Michael Rappaport, and then me. Everybody knows that. So I don't know what the problem is here. Yo, what you drinking over there? What you got? Something ain't right. I don't know what they're putting in this water. What I do know, he has made it crystal clear he's on the Nets bandwagon. They can go back to any of our podcasts over the last several weeks, and he stated, well, if they win 10 in a row, I'm a Knicks fan again. That's what you said. That's what you said. I believe what I said was, go New York, go New York, go. I thought that's what I said. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Now, I, don't I, remember, how, I don't know what you heard. That's what I said. Listen, but I don't know what you heard. I know before the season started, we had this conversation about the Thank Brooklyn you. Nets and the New York Knicks. Thank you. And you said this this ain't happening. It's been 1973. Exactly. I'm tired, and I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets. Now you try to tell and convince me and Dirk that you've been down with the Knicks. What he you know why Keith? You know why, Keith? He saw us get up in the Clippers' ass yesterday. He saw Julius hit two of the biggest baskets of yeah, the season off the isolation, and he 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 won to cross over. But what I will say, at least his brother is loyal to the game. He sent us that nonsense with Derek uh, Coleman. Whoop the damn dude. And yo, Derek Coleman looked about 350 pounds in that, that picture he sent, man. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. You know, enjoy Derek the Coleman ride. Derek Coleman has uh, put- Reynolds old weight on him. <laughs> he First is- of all, yes, I was sitting there watching the game with my orange New York Nick towel uh, from the playoffs in 1999. <laughs> I was in the house. The only reason he hit them shots was because I was twirling that towel in the house. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were <laughs> okay. wearing your, Cl- your Clyde Pumas too, right? Uh, I had them on. That's right. I tell you, these wow. fair so, weather fans, fair weather fans. That's all. That's it a, is, yeah, man. I'm loyal always. I don't. I don't yes, switch. You are. Yes, you are. Anthony, you know, you you sound like those cats in Vegas that bet the Knicks would have been the worst team in the Mm -hmm. NBA and they'd have lost a whole lot of money if anyone took those bets. 
Well, I would sound like those guys if they were in Vegas screaming defense like I used to do <laughs> when I was in the game. Now, if that's what they were screaming, then I sound just like them. I, that's what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. I don't, I, I don't understand what, I'm, what, what y'all are even trying to insinuate here when I'm telling you, you know, I'm, I'm all down. I'm down with the Knicks. Let's go. Orange and blue. Let's go. Let's hey, Keith, when, when we picked up D. Rose, he's sighing and wiggling like, you know, D. Rose. Is, that was why we got him. It's over. D. Rose is playing like the D. Rose of old, baby. I'm like, oh, my goodness. They can't do nothing with him, but hope he don't show up. Let's go next. Wow, Anthony. Oh. I, I, I'm really thrown back. I, I'm, I'm in the loop world right now. No, nah, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, they have done a great job this year. Uh, Tibbs has done a great job. You know, R.J. Barrett is looking like uh, he's earning his draft position. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, what's not to like? I, I've been on, I've been on board all year. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, um, anyway, no, I, I would say my sister-in-law and my my nephew should duck in that house because that nose is growing. Something get poked out. <laughs> <laughs> the the only you know you know thing the only thing I dislike with Tibbs, but I understand his position, is that he's logging the starters too many minutes, like he did in Chicago. That's and, yeah, that's that's and he burns these guys out, man. Because I'm watching him, like Julius is getting 38 minutes, you know, Barrett 39, you know, 38, 37. It's like, come on, let's rest. The only starter. And th- that's resting is Peyton, but Peyton ain't really a starter. But I'm like, you got to rest these guys, man. Derek, that's what yesterday Barrett logged, I think, 45 minutes. You see? You see? And that's Reggie Bullock logged, I think, 46 minutes. Okay, so when you stop there, how can these guys be ready come playoff time? That's what scares me about them. I, exactly. You know, I, I'm really disappointed to hear y'all having all of this doubt in your minds about no, this I, Nick no team. Doubt. He, I mean, I, you know, I mean, really, that y'all throwing shade on our team is really, really disturbing <laughs> for me. And <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to sit here and listen to this. <laughs> oh You're gonna be in, be all the way in, or get oh off the bandwagon. That's what God. I'm saying. I know the audience is cringing. Our audience is because they heard what you said. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. I have been on board. Oh, I've been. This has been double secret probation. I've been on board all along. I just wanted y'all to, to think that I wasn't on board, even though I was fully <laughs> on board. That's all. I well, you fooled us all. I wanted to make sure that y'all were true to the game and not just <laughs> pretending and not trying to backslide and be on the Brooklyn Nets side. That's what I was doing. But apparently, you know, you you're all passed the test. Good job. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. We really thank appreciate you. that that, uh-huh. that pep talk there. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, y'all pass the test. Good. My niggas. Good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh we rolling today. So anyway, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great year. I mean, it's exciting. I think it's exciting for the city of New York. I mean, it's certainly exciting for the city of New York uh, to see at least one team you know, doing what they're supposed to. Well, actually, nobody expected them to do it. So it's 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 more exciting. I think when the Knicks are playing well in New York City, it's a great time in this town. I mean, you know, the Yankees are used to winning. And so we kind of take that winning for granted. So when they're having a down year like they're having right now, you know, it becomes, you know, people, you know, go on suicide watch. But I think, you know, like I said, when the Knicks are winning in New York City, it is a great place to be. Yeah, even uh, LeBron James said that, you know, it's great that New York is winning. It's great for the NBA. Because this is the mecca of basketball, baby. This is where it comes from. And, you know, if New York's winning, basketball rises. 
Yeah, no, I mean, again, I mean, I can't think of any other team that that kind of drives the city. I mean, you know, when Mets win, it's fine. Uh, as I said, the Yankee people are spoiled by the Yankees winning. I think maybe the Rangers, for for a certain segment of the population, hockey fans, uh, get excited when the Rangers win. But really, the oh, I mean, you know, the Giants when they when they when they're competitive is exciting, and and you know, there's a certain segment that that gets behind the Jets when they win it. But when the Knicks are winning. Or, or at least there's uh, playoff possibilities in the guard. The city is 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 kind of electric. It really Which is, is crazy for cool. a team that hasn't won as a history a lot at all. It's like it's amazing that the, and you're you're absolutely right that this team that hasn't won a ton as far as championships or even being in championship games drives the city still. That's sort of a weird testament of of their pull on the city. Whoa, 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 whoa! Are, are you wait, wait? Are you bad mouthing my team? <laughs> no, your team is great. Whatever team, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and let you, you know just come you in know here you know, with out of left field with some analysis about your fan with a Velcro uh, logo on your shirt. <laughs> so whoever's going, you can just snatch that sucker off and be that fan. You are, man, Benedict Arnold over here. Oh, so God. Anthony, if yes. the Nets and the Knicks meet in the playoff, who you going with? I'm going yes, with the team. Gonna gonna yes. Answer's gonna be yes. That's what. Yep, I knew it. Exactly. Fugazi, I'm going for the New York team. Whichever one's from New York, that's the one I'm going for. But they're both playing each other. If the, if that happens. What'd I just say? No, no, you gotta pick one, man. I just said Are you riding with, with us or are you riding with Brooklyn? We ride together, we die together. That's how we do it. <laughs> Bad boys for life. That's all. Keith, you know he ain't on our bandwagon. He ain't with <laughs> us, man. He, he's a fair weather fan, man. We don't need that Velcro. type. So, you so know, he's like, us, he's like, well, on on Brenda, she she reps Brooklyn. She's a Brooklyn right. Net fan. She's not she a got season tickets, yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. So if Aunt Brenda said, Anthony, I got uh, a ticket for the Knights game. Are, are you going to watch the Nets or you going to stand strong for the Knicks? Now that's a that, you're asking two different questions. Oh no 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 no. Question one is. Would I take a free ticket to go see an NBA basketball? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Question two is, if the Knicks and the Nets are playing and she has tickets for that game, then of course I'm going to the game because my team is playing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yo, Dirk. That show stuff is really strong. It's really effective again. <laughs> See, y'all thought I was playing, man. That weed, man. I don't know. Puff Puff Give. He was definitely getting it in. He can't make a goddamn decision. Knicks and Nets, man. Come on, man. What did I just say? I thought I answered the question. No, you didn't. You said okay, well, I'm rooting okay, I'm for sorry. a New York team. They both from New York. Uh, we want to hear either the Knicks or Nets. Pick one. Those are the words. Knicks is one word. Nets, the other word. Go. Okay, repeat the question. What was the question? <laughs> if the Knicks and the Nets meet up in the playoffs, mm-hmm. are you rooting for the Knicks? That's all, just the Knicks or the Nets? Absolutely. I can answer this question real quickly for you guys. Anthony, what was your major in college? Uh, I was a communications major. There we go. That's the answer to the question. He has been schooled in this. You are not going to get him. <laughs> He just doesn't have. A, he's not going to give this answer up. He, he has been schooled by a very good school in the art of BS. He is not going to allow you to trip him up on some vocabulary. That is not happening. 
I answered the question. I don't understand what the problem is here. I just said, I started the show talking about my Knicks, and all of a sudden, all of y'all are just flaking. Because what? Because why? I can't root for the Knicks, too? I'm not, What's the I'm problem not, here? I'm perfectly fine with it. I knew it. I grew what up in the You the Knicks. You put the Knicks down. Exactly. Man. You were doing it. I'd like to see the evidence of that. Well, we got to go oh, back to some of the previous go to the podcast. Uh, we have 138. I tell you right now, we're on podcast 138. Go to 137. Exactly. <laughs> 136. Go to 135. I've been hyping the Knicks every week, and you've been on the fence as usual. Yes. Because if I remember correct, correctly, when the Knicks was on his winning streak, and you bad-mouthed them that night they lost to Phoenix. Exactly. You said, you said if they win, what was it, nine in a row or ten in a row or something? Ten in a row. Yes. He's going to join the bandwagon. There you but go. The, yes, yes, I remember that. You're right, yes. Mark. You're right, Mark. Yes. You're right. That's like the 136. Guy. Yes. Okay, so I said I was going to join the bandwagon. How can I join something I'm already on? <laughs> but why did you say it? Why did you say it? That's what you said. Listen, I'm an entertainer first and foremost. <laughs> My job is to keep the show moving, which is what oh. I'm going to do right now. Uh, you know, and and I would appreciate y'all stopping with the Nick slander. I just said I'm a fan. I'm on board with the team. This is my team. I'm rocking with them. Uh, go New York. Go New York. Go. That's how I am. That's what that's what it is for right now. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll take another tack. We'll talk about somebody else's jumping on and off the bandwagon. Uh, one Keisha Lance Bottoms apparently uh, she's given up her team in Atlanta. She says she's not going to run for re-election as the mayor of Atlanta. And I just want to know if you have any insights as to what's going on down there. <laughs> well, um, I mean, with the, the, the last year and a half, it's, it's really been stressful. Uh, she wants to focus more on her, her personal life. She wants to move forward in her life. And, uh, the, the heat down there, you know, it's really been, you know, getting on her nerves, you know, where she's getting like heat bumps. So she's looking to come north, man, you know, uh, get that under control. That's all it is. She's change of scenery, change of scenery. Oh, what's she going to do up north? Well, I mean, uh, it's a lot to do. We got the vineyard. Uh, you know, we can uh, ride, you know, we? ride up there. Yeah, we? I said we. I said we. You French now? Are you French? I'm not French. We. We. Listen to me. Oh. You, they, we can go back to the podcast. Everybody know how I feel about Keisha. This ain't no secret. Ain't, this ain't Keisha? all of a sudden just happened. Oh, so what happened to Kamala? Exactly. Kamala right now dealing with COVID. You know, she's got she, you know, to get that COVID thing. I don't want to take her away from the American people right now. So Keisha already came out and says, hey, look, I'm, I'm done. I said, I know you are. She says, I'm tired. I said, I know. I said, what do you want to do? She says, hey time for change. I have a right to change my mind and I'm letting the world know. I'm letting uh, Atlanta know. I'm, uh, I'm getting on 85 uh, to 95 going north. Hey, and we here. So, Dirk, you're trying to say you influenced her uh, decision in this uh, mayoral uh, coming up election that she's not going to run? I'm a confident. Uh, you know, she confided with me some things. Um, you know, you know, this is what friends do. That's what friends are for. Remember that record? That's what friends are for. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, Dion. So uh, when she confided in you, what was her rationale? Well, um, with the you know the shootings down there, you know, with the uh, you know Black Lives Matter, you know, it was it's just too much. Then she got COVID, and it, it was a lot. And I says, look, health is wealth at this stage of the game in our lives. We on the short end of the stick. Come on, but, come on, come on home. Come north. Come north. Let's so, talk. But but are, is she letting down her people? Because if the election was run, you know she would win with no problem at this moment. Sometimes you got to think about yourself. 
It ain't about the people down there. She has taken them as far as she can take them. It's time for somebody else to pick up the torch. It's time for her to enjoy her life. Be happy with herself. Okay. So what's her husband going to do? Um, as usual, supervisor wants to bring up a, a third party. Um, he knows how it's happening. You know, I mean, what, what more time, how much more time he think he's going to have with her? It's time for him to let go. It's well, she's not running. She's not going to be the mayor no more. That's why yeah. she's coming north. What are, what are you guys not getting? So where up north is she going? Westchester County? <laughs> what, 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 what is it y'all not getting? Y'all, y'all serious? Really? No, I just want to be. I just want to be clear. No, it's, it's, it's clear. I want you to be as clear about I'm, Keisha Lance Bottom as I am about this next. Listen to me. Westchester County is a big county. Okay, everybody knows that. Nice place to live, suburb. You know, suburbs. You know, nice place for for your kids to come and visit, and then go back south with their daddy. <laughs> you know she doesn't want and you know it's time for she just want to take some time off for herself you know find out who she is and what it is she wants to do that's all okay that's fair enough and I think she has a right to I think she has a right to she does, yeah, she's I, done a lot for those folks down there I think yeah I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in I'm this not. regard I think that she is good she's a great face for the city of Atlanta I think she's a great representative uh-huh. Uh, for the city of Atlanta, I think she's done a lot for that that city. I don't live there, but um, she seems capable. And it's unfortunate that you know whatever's going on in her life, or whatever's not happening, whatever whatever stresses she's under is is become too much to bear. Because I think you know uh, tough times you know should uh, forge us all. But uh, you know, I mean, God bless. I mean, I, I, it's it's disappointing. I think in a lot of ways. Um, I think as Georgia going forward, after these this, these voting rights, uh, voter suppression laws that they've ca- uh, that they've passed down there, is going to be a troublesome spot. And I think we're all kind of whistling past the graveyard when it comes to politics in America because all of these 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 voter suppression uh, laws are being passed with a quickness and with a with a coordination that bears watching because again. We're talking about less than two years before the next election for the uh, who to see who, who holds or takes over the House of Representatives. Uh, the Senate will be up again in two more years and, and uh, less than two years. And all of these things are at stake. So it is important, I think, to have the right kind of people to 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 be in the right positions in places like Georgia and, 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 and in Pennsylvania and, and, and Michigan and other places, because we can find ourselves back in a world of hurt real quick, fast in a hurry if we're not careful. And I just thought that Keisha Lance Bottoms, if she was not going, I thought she would stay and perhaps at some point either run for mayor, I mean, run for governor or, or herself. I mean, I, I mean, she was in position, I mean, being the mayor of Atlanta put you in a great position to run for governor of the state. Uh, I do believe that Stacey Abrams will run for governor of the state. And I think that if she runs and she, with the organization, organization she's created, even with these restrictive uh, voter uh, voter laws, that she should be able to get the uh, well, state I house. She won last time, in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, well, she did. She, <laughs> she definitely did last time. I mean, with, but for, for the cheating that they're doing now, she would be the governor of, of Georgia. Yeah, I think... Um 
I'm not sure who said it first, but I, I've heard the phrase. I think I heard Obama say it last. The biggest problem is what the, the phrase is uh, Republicans fall in line, Democrats fall in love. And both are, are, are both are damning statements because the falling in line allows you to go for any old okie doke and you don't think for yourself. The fall in love does the same thing, it allows you to not critically think. But in the case of this voter suppression law, the fall in line is really working because they're not questioning anything. You just say, okay, fine. My representative says we're doing this, we're doing this. And the fact that the, the fall in love part doesn't really rise to that kind of thing of like, hey, hey, we're not doing this, we're not doing this. It's it's a it's a sinister it's a sinister deal going on with this fall in line deal because they're not even they're not even like hiding some of it, although DeSantis did it, he he did hide when he signed the bill. Um, the the governor of, of Florida, but for the most part, they're not even hiding what they're doing, which is even crazier and bolder because they don't have to hide it because they know that their people are going to go with it hook, line, and sinker. They're not even saying, you know, this, this is a bad idea or you shouldn't do this representative X or representative Y. They're saying, yeah, go right ahead, you know, commit your crime, your legal crime. Yeah, yeah and, the falling along. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, so, so, so it's like, the, the, that's what I said. Both are bad statements. The falling line allows you to just go you know, off the cliff with the other lemons and the fall in love allows you to not see when somebody is not doing your party right. It's like, you, you got to be able to step around and say, listen, hold on. This is not right. Something's not, something doesn't feel right here. We, these things are going too crazy or too helter skelter. And, and that's why I, I think it's a, it's a bad idea when you just have this kind of blind loyalty to people whose sole purpose instead of serving the people is to stay in office. And that's not what politics is supposed to be. Yeah, I think the falling in line is is yeah the 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 way they view it is like you know conservatives generally speaking uh, are have an authoritarian authoritarian lean so they fall in line they get behind whatever the party says that's all right we're all on board and you don't you know really get a lot of uh, uh, discussion or you don't get dissension. a lot of resistance yeah dissension versus Democrats where they fall in love in other words Democrats we let the the perfect be the enemy of the good. So you may have a great candidate, but if that candidate is not quite, if, you know, if, if they don't move in, like Hillary Clinton is, is would be a great candidate to be an, a, an administrator, which is what the president is, but, yeah. but she didn't have any charisma. So people couldn't get behind it. They're like, ah, but if you, if you look at her track record, if you, if you see what she's done, where she's done it, she she crosses all all of the T's, dots all the I's. Same thing like with an Elizabeth Warren, another yeah. great person. But you know, people couldn't you know couldn't get behind her for whatever. They didn't feel they didn't they didn't fall in love. And so Democrats very often start to have these battles about not falling in love. We don't fall in love with this particular candidate. And so you sometimes get a candidate that everybody can kind of you know draw consensus around who may not be as to your point the best possible candidate um for for the office they're seeking which means that person sometimes cannot generate the enthusiasm for um you know a national election like you know if you're running for president or or a state house or whatever and that 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 often is the case um but in this particular situation i think that you know here here, here she is someone who could certainly galvanize uh, the city of Atlanta, and I think with with all of the votes that she would get, um, or or you know she could potentially garner from from big cities in in the state of Georgia, she could certainly 
be a really, really viable candidate for the state house. And I think that Stacey Abrams, I'm hoping that she gets a chance to win it, yeah. as you point out Stacey's again. Sharp. Yeah, yeah so. I think Derek said it perfectly. I think like she sometimes you gotta look out for yourself. And he was saying it sort of, you know, with tongue in cheek, playful. But I think I don't think we take into account that some of these jobs, I mean, they just take a toll on you. I mean, it just wears you out. You you sit there and you're like no matter what I do, no matter what I did, you just, you always feel like it, they're different. You're right, stressful. You always feel like you're going uphill, and you're going uphill pushing a boulder and carrying an, an anchor. It's like, damn, man, it's a lot of work just to move an inch, and you just it just wears you out. So sometimes you go, you know what? I know I could help. I know people are counting on me, but I got to be able to go home and and be normal and live and function and be a, a mom, a dad. You know, yeah, mom, a dad, a, a husband, a wife. I got to be a, a, a functioning human being because this is. This job's literally going to kill me. Right. You, you, you know, you, no disrespect to you, Derek, but she does have four kids. So, <laughs> you, you know, she, she has kids to take care of. Them kids and, are grown. You know, kids are grown. <laughs> you know, she has kids, you know, like, like Mark said, she has a family life, too, that she has to attend to. So, a husband. You know, all that combined together. And a boyfriend. <laughs> so, how, how much longer do you think they're just gonna be able to push a cat like me to the side? You ain't gonna keep telling me I'm gonna get back at you now, nah, ma. You gonna come see me, and now she's got free time. That's all. So, so, you need to think about me. All this Anthony using words like it's unfortunate and it's disappointing for the people. What about your cousin? What about my happiness? Okay, thank you very much. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm missing all three of y'all with this nonsense. But oh. it's, it's a lot to lot to take, you know. Yeah, and yeah. You, with the the problems in Atlanta, the dealing with the, the you know, got a crazy governor she had to sure. deal with, the people around her, and things that's going on. The uh, Rashawn Brooks uh, situation, uh, the murder is on an uptick in in Atlanta. So it's, it's a lot to deal with. When you, you know, think about her, she's an African-American lady, you know, in real talk. I know I play about her, but, you know, I, I, I said when, when I heard that she wasn't going to uh, run again, I thought about the first thing I said. She's got to take care of health and, and, and her family. And yeah. with what she's been dealing with over the last, you know, 18, 24 months, it's a lot. And sometimes you got to take a step back, you know, because nobody knows what's going on in her family life. And she can't clock it. She can't clock them kids the way you do. If you got a regular nine to five because she's in and out, she's on press conferences, you know, she's in demand. She's got to make appearances and you get tired. And I just think she just got tired. And she says, I want to love me. I want to love my family and I want to enjoy the rest of my life here. Wait, 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 Derek. I got breaking news. I did not know that she her mother is Sylvia Robinson and Major Lance is her father. You know who Sylvia Robinson is, right? Yeah, it's Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill and Major Lance uh, made the song "Love Won't Ma- Let Me Wait." She's going into the music business. Got you there. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. Hold on. Wait oh, a minute. Yes. Let, let me stop you there. You just said something, and it makes perfect sense. She's leaving for DP because love won't let her wait. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. That went over my head until you. That's why you my big brother, man. I'm like, <laughs> yo, think about that. It's time to go. Love won't let her. How much longer she think? I'm going to wait. She's right. <laughs> I'm not going to be around here forever waiting on her. Love won't let me. Oh, I re- I'm, I'm playing that as soon as we get off the podcast. Okay. So, so, so her roots is in New York then. Yeah. Uh-huh. But she was uh-huh. born in Atlanta. Okay. Nah, 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 she was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. 
I guess, wow. I guess me say me saying her coming back north is not too far of a stretch, player. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right, Derek. I guess oh, you're yeah. on point with that. That's that's good. I mean, that that is uh, you know, that's great that's, news. Say it, great. That's great news. There you go. There you go. Oh my God, that I'm back in the news. saddle again. Uh, wow. Oof, and I love that haircut. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, no, I mean, listen. I mean, I, again, I mean, um, you know, I hope I hope it all works out for her. You know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh, she's coming north, and then we have other celebrities going back south. Tim Tebow uh-huh. uh, is going back to Florida to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars oh, as a tight end. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. As a bad transition, I don't know if Keisha's. And is as tight as But two tight ends like exchanging that. exchanging locales. Don't I mean, you look I'm at just, her like that. I'm not just I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, Tim Tebow is going down to Jacksonville um to 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 you know play tight end. What what are your thoughts, uh Keith? He's crazy. I'm sorry. Tim Tebow was supposed to be a quarterback without an arm. He was supposed to be a baseball player with the New York Mets at the time. He was down there in, uh, I think, Tidewater. One of the Clearwater, one of the, you know, uh, their their, triple A team. He didn't make it to the big league. I don't even think he got to triple A. I think he was, I think he was probably double A and maybe had a a couple coffee at triple A. Yeah. Now, now you go into the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end. Come on now. Something's wrong with this picture, man. It's was six years later. Yeah. Now, now you want to be a tight end. Okay. Every man has a dream, Anthony. I dream that I'm a billionaire. It ain't happened yet. <laughs> I tell you this, um, and I, I'm not a football, uh, you know, and everybody knows I don't watch the game. I just like the fact that the guy is living out his his dreams, man. He's trying every, in, every and anything. He will not be able to say when he stops playing sports, I didn't give it a try. I'm okay with it, man. I wish him nothing but the best, man. Live your life, Tebow. Live your life, man. Well, <clears throat> uh, it's huh. it's almost like um, he's got a horseshoe up his butt because for somebody who's a marginal talent at best, he's had a lot sure. of lives. I'm I sure mean, it's not the first time he's had something. <laughs> <laughs> you get ready to get us banned. <laughs> no, it's just like he's a marginal talent, but it's he's had a lot of lives. Now I will say that the only team I think in the NFL that would have would have done this would have been Jacksonville. That's his former coach. I mean, that's his Florida coach. So it's sort of like you know you you kind of helping a guy out and, and sort of good memories. But I don't see him being able to, to be a tight end because it wasn't like he was some – like different like he was like some freak act, uh, actor, freak athlete where he just had, you know, ridiculous speed or length. He's just a good athlete. So the tight ends of today are the freaks of the, of the industry. They're the ones who were just, you know, the Kelsey's of the world and that boy is drafted out of um, Florida for Atlanta, uh, Pitts. They're those type of guys, the kiddos of the world. So I just think he, he – I don't think he'll make the team. If he does make the team, he, he, I would think he'd probably be on special teams because I also don't think he has enough talent to be able to do that job. You know what reminds you know me of a side note? Like of like you go, how does this guy keep getting work? It reminds me of like Adam Sandler. How does he keep get, making movies? He's not talented. <laughs> but he does. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that, that offends me the most about it, and I said offended, I am offended by it, is that, to your point, Mark uh, and Keith, he has gotten more jobs, more opportunity than anybody else. I mean, Jameis Winston has to fight for a quarterbacking job against a guy who is pretty much Tim Tebow, essentially. He's got to fight for a job. This guy this is a guy who threw 30 touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I know he threw, threw 30 interceptions, but he couldn't see. <laughs> so he threw 30 touchdowns, um, and he has to fight for a job. You will never see uh, a lot of these guys who, who are actual quarterbacks don't get second chances. I mean, you know, we're talking about, oh, Teddy Bridgewater is a stopgap measure. And, and and you know, think about all of the the, the athletes who don't get – that many opportunities to be able to get on the phone, call somebody up and, and have, you know, an opportunity to say, well, I want to play for the for the Mets now and 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 try to go out there, even though you really don't have the skills to to be a major league player. Um, and then when they asked him years ago when he was actually playing and they, they were saying, listen, this quarterbacking thing is probably not your your best uh, best opportunity. I mean, Julian Edelman was actually a decent quarterback in college, and they said, "Listen, you you got to be a wide receiver. That's it. That's your job." And he took it, and 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 you know, people can make an argument about whether or not he's borderline Hall of Fame, but that's what I'm saying. Other people have have made the transition when the skill set said, "This is what the this is what you probably uh, project as as a, as an NFL player." Cordell Stewart for you you Steeler fans, you know Cordell Stewart was a solid quarterback at Colorado, but you know when he came into the league, they said, "Hey, listen, yeah, we're just gonna make you do a little bit of everything," almost like the kid uh, with uh, Taysom Hill and 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 New Orleans at yeah. this point. <clears throat> so uh, for Tebow to to even reject an opportunity because he could have stuck and could have been. You know, who knows, an H-back or a Taysom Hill type years ago, six years ago, and for him to be arrogant enough to go, well, if I can't be quarterback, I won't be anything. I'll leave and go play baseball. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not I'm, – I'm, I have a hard time with this guy because I know there's other guys, other black quarterbacks who did not get yeah, a second I, or third or fourth chance. Yeah, but I'm going to push back against that a little bit because, I mean, first of all, there's been several guys who, who, who've bounced around and been backups. I mean, right now, that boy – uh Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I was just I said, yeah, he's he's bounced around. But, 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 yeah. Yeah, but 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 Tebow, I mean think about it, other than that, when he got when they drafted him at uh in Denver, I'm pretty sure it was, it was uh the boy uh McDaniel was Josh, the coach. Yeah. Josh uh, McDaniel. He yeah, was the one that drafted him, yeah. He was the one that drafted him, but I think McDaniel's idea of drafting him was sort of like, you know, um uh, of the of the Cordell slash uh Taysom Hill type deal. He just so happened to luck out. And win a couple of games. And remember, if you look at those games, he was god awful. And if it wasn't for Jughead uh, Ike Taylor, there would never that that legend of Tebow would have ended real quickly. So when he finally flamed out at, at Denver, which you never should have even had the opportunity, he never got back on the field as a quarterback. He went to the Jets, couldn't beat out anybody in New England. Right. You figured you can't su- su- survive in New England. They dumped him out. So then he went back to play baseball. So this is, I think, the only reason he's back relevant again. Is because his high school college coach is the coach of the Jaguars. If it was no other team was calling him, they were they were glad when he was gone because, quite frankly, not that not that he's a pain in the butt as far as like you know being you know in trouble with the law, but all that religious stuff. And I'm pretty sure I'll, you know may get some hit fa- uh, hate for that. But that was sort of an anchor around him. Like teams were like, listen, I don't feel like deal with all this. You're not talented enough, good enough for me to sit there and deal with all your 
your Christian right people who don't know anything about football suddenly saying we're not playing you because of your religion. No, we're not playing you because you stink. <laughs> you know, that's why you're not that's why you're not in the field. I don't want to have, you know, you know, this Christian group, you know, boycotting us saying we're doing this purposely because of religion. No, because if you look at football players, probably probably professional athletes, but especially football players, they're probably one of the most religious because their life could life could end, forget the career, on every single play. So they're always, these guys are always, you know, highly religious. So when it was like that kind of deal, like, you know, you, you're, you're kind of uh, blackballing him or blackmailing him because I'm like, come on, man. We're not doing that because they're doing that because this guy can't play. If Tebow had the talent of Aaron Rodgers, they wouldn't have said anything. No coach would have been like, okay, this dude, would, would, he, could, he, could, he could take a knee every time. We don't care. He stinks. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, again, to, to your point, he definitely, I mean, he was he was god-awful as a quarterback. And, you know, the, the so-called, te- the idea of, in air quotes, I'm making the air quotes on people, the idea of Tebow time was, oh. Oh, okay, we blew the game up until this point. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in this last minute or a half, some miracle can happen and, and, and uh he, you know, he can make it, you know, make the, make the game happen. But it was, it was truly uh, nonsensical. And as I said, I just, I just feel like, you know, he got far more opportunities than anybody else would get primarily. And I would probably suggest that because he had such a big, uh, following by the religious right, that that was kind of the, the, the driving force in getting him, uh, looks that he shouldn't ordinarily, he wouldn't ordinarily have gotten. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. uh, He's still looking for a way out of Green Bay. And I just want to know what you guys think will happen. I mean, his name has been tossed around with teams like Denver and Cleveland. I know you Steeler fans will love to see Aaron Rodgers oh being the God, quarterback of, of the Cleveland Browns. Um, and and there's other possibilities too, like uh, Miami, even though they're not saying anything, it's a great landing spot for them because they have the capital. And the New York Giants, quiet as is kept, have the draft capital to mm-hmm. land an Aaron Rodgers because they have – Two first round picks, two second round picks, and I think they have a two third rounders. So if they gave up a first, a second, and a third, and maybe their fourth, they'd still have a first, a second, and third uh, for the next year's draft. So they have plenty of draft capital, plus Danny Dimes to send back to Green Bay. So I just want to get real quick your thoughts on on that, uh, Keith. Listen, if I'm the GM, I'm pulling the trigger. Aaron Rodgers is not going back to Green Bay. He is highly upset at them cats. He's not talking to them. He's not even answering calls. And I think this all stemmed back to the Tampa Bay game going to the Super Bowl when they were at the fourth down and they pulled it and to go for a field goal kick when he felt he, no, if we're going to lose, let me lose the, the game in my hand. And the coach took that from him and I think that's the difference. And then they drafted a quarterback, which he said might start over Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers said, you know what? Let me pack my shit up and uh, I'm going to go about my merry way. You'll do what you want to do, but I don't want to be here no more. And I commend you, Aaron. Uh, Steelers will really need you. Uh, No, Rosenberg, you are right, but Aaron's just a completely different player. So you 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 think as a Steeler fan you think that, well they don't have any they don't really have any draft capital they, 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 they don't do listen, stuff like that they could give a Ben they could give up everybody get that man listen well, to me not, you guys all I mean everybody keeps saying like give up a quarterback remember if they if they let him go which I don't think they will they're not letting him go to get another quarterback get, get another quarterback back 
they had the quarterback who they thought they was when they drafted up or moved up to get him. So well, I Jordan think love. Yeah. yeah. But I'm Green Bay. I, I ride it out. You know, you, you try to move over as much as you can, give him a couple extra more dollars, maybe a little more security, and say this way, especially your football contracts. But say Aaron balls out for the next five years, and I'm saying five years because that's the Jordan Love. He's a, he's a first-round draft point uh, pick, so he would have essentially the five-year option. If Jordan Love is the best quarterback around, say he's just the ultimate deal, th- then you have a, a cheap backup behind a great starter. So if Aaron leaves it the five years because he flames out, you know, he, he becomes whatever he is, then fine. I'll give my backup who I've sat there in my system for five years. I'll pay him now. And he's younger. Why would you, why would you need to trade Jordan Love? Just let Aaron stay there, rework his contract to give some more security as far as guaranteed dollars. That's the biggest problem right now. And let Jordan Love sit back there. And if he, you know, if he, if Aaron gets hurt, fine. I got this backup guy who I'm not paying a lot of money to. In my system, if he doesn't, if he plays great for five years, then fine. We let we 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 move on from Aaron and then Jordan. You could take over. Aaron, Spoken like a true Steeler fan. Aaron Rodgers ain't going nowhere. If he think he's going, just like Deshaun Watson, some chicks gonna come out start talking about the massages because I'm pretty sure he was getting massages. He gonna be staying put. You can't replace an Aaron Rodgers. You can't replace Watson. Those guys got to understand, you know, look, you're going to stay here until your contract is up and then you go somewhere else. I don't think he's going to – who are you going to put in his place? I refuse to believe it. The guy's too good. He stays put. Well, that's the whole thing. The idea is, is to, to Mark's point, is that you drafted Jordan Love because you believe that Jordan Love was the answer to your future problems. And clearly Jordan Love was not the answer to your future problems. If Jordan Love is the answer, then the question is how can we lose this division? Um, so they drafted Jordan Love. He's clearly not ready to play. He couldn't even be- beat out the, the the second string quarterback yeah, la- he's third. Uh, last right. year. He's a third string quarterback, and that was barely uh, barely the case. And and people are saying that he was pretty pretty god awful in practice. Now I don't know. I mean, you know, I watched Fox Sports One, and and Lil Wayne has suggested that his people are telling him that Jordan Love can spin it a little bit. So we don't know. But the bottom line is, is Aaron Rodgers, to Keith's point, said, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm not coming back. And so that leaves, well, where do, what do you do with this guy? Where does he go? Where can he go? Um, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a no trade uh, clause, but then anybody that would get him or would be willing to trade for him has to be able to sign him to keep him. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? He may decide, you know, he's, he's going to retire and go host Jeopardy. So, <laughs> looking around, looking around the league. He was pretty good at it. He was pretty good at it. <laughs> he was good at it, yeah. So looking around the league, you know, there's a couple of situations that I think, as I said, that 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 really look good if they don't have to give up too much. Denver is certainly one where they would have maybe enough talent to be competitive in the uh, AFC West. Then you have Cleveland, which is Super Bowl ready right now. They have a roster that is Super Bowl ready. The question is, do you think is is really – is Baker the guy to take you to the Super Bowl or not? And if he's not, then you got a chance to. And if you got a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you say, "Listen, I'm Green Bay. Here you go. Here's a cheap quarterback who on his fifth year option uh, that you can have, who's a starter, who's a legitimate starter in the NFL, and we will take your guy, take your headache, and you have our guy. Or he can go down to Miami, where they have again, they have a bunch of draft capital and a young quarterback that's cheap and Tua. 
So those are the three places that I, I could see him going, perhaps maybe uh, Las Vegas, but I, I doubt he would want to go there. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, or, or again, the, the, the dark horse favorite, New York Giants. They have all the draft capital in the world, and they got a guy like Danny Dimes. I mean, he would be out of their division. He would still be in the conference, but he'd be out of the division. And they have enough, you know, offensive stuff to make it make it interesting. So I'm just saying, I mean, it's worth it's, it's an interesting, you know, to speculate. I mean, he may not go anywhere. He may just, you know, they may come and and rub his back and rub his head and tell him how bad they were and how sorry they are and you know buy him a new dog or something. I don't know, you know, make make he everything trying to all hear right. That. He, ain't he trying to hear none of that. He, he's not even talking to them. He's not even talking to them. You know, the, the one thing you got to know about Aaron Rodgers for, for our fans and our international listeners, people that don't even know much about American football, I'm talking about our people over there in Germany and, and France who are, who are listening and certainly the people down in Brazil who are listening to us. Um, Aaron Rodgers does not get along well with his own family. He's cut his own family out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know full well he ain't got no trouble at all cutting out a football team. He ain't got no issue with that at all. So I'm just putting it out to Green Bay. Y'all might want to take the take the best offer you can get because he damn sure has no problem at all cutting out family. I think that's probably part of the problem he has. As a quarterback, he's one of those dudes. If you can't get along with your family, usually people talk about teams and how, I mean, you guys all played on teams. You talk about how how you get along with these guys, and they they do become a surrogate family in a sense. So if he can't get along with his own family, um, you know, maybe that's an issue that he has, you know, as, as a being a teammate. But he damn sure is going to have no trouble at all packing his ass up and going to California and hosting Jeopardy every afternoon for about $10 million a year and nobody trying to hit him. He's already going to the Hall of Fame. He's got a Super Bowl ring. So, you know, he, he I think he's holding some cards here. That's all. California love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, you might be right. I think that's, you know, uh, California knows how to party, Aaron, so he might be going. Um, speaking of knowing how to party, uh, there's, there's a, there's a, this this. There's a debate going on, or certainly, certainly starting to start, about one Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook is about to break Oscar Robinson's triple-double stat. And I just want to, because I know we're all Hoops fans, I just want to get a, you know, I mean, you know, we're all Knicks fans, uh, except for Mark. Um, I want to... <laughs> And you, I want to <laughs> get I want to get a feel for what y'all what y'all think about this Russell Westbrook thing, uh, Derek. Uh, I will tell you this, man. Um, he would be the type of player if I had to play with him. Um, he would drive me crazy because I I never would know when I'm getting the ball and who's showing up. When you talk about his talent, his talent it's incredible what this guy can do, but. I don't know. I always said I would love to bring him off the bench. And if he's having a great game, I just let him do what he wants. If he's not playing well, then I would sit him down. But with what he's about to accomplish, he's going to break Oscar Robinson's record. Man, I take my hat off to him, man. Nothing but kudos. But he he he's a guy you got to learn how to live and die with because you just never know. Remember, Washington was struggling. 
early in the goddamn season. Now all of a sudden they on this, you know, on a nice run. He's having this crazy, uh, you know, second half of the year. You just don't know which one is going to show up, man. But I, I enjoy watching him. I I cringe. I cringe down the stretch if he's got the ball. But I enjoy watching him, and I think he's going to break uh, Oscar's record. Kudos to you, Mr. Westbrook. Hmm. Keith? Well, right now, I think they're both tied at 181 apiece. And same thing with Dirk saying, with Westbrook, you don't know when you're going to get the ball, how the ball is coming to you, but you have to be prepared. So in saying that, he is a, a Jekyll and high player because one day Russell will be great, then the next day he could fall off the face of the earth. But he has that skill of getting players the ball in the right spot. And he always, uh, for a guard, he's getting the rebounds. And he, he'll score. You know, he'll take some crazy shots there. Mm-hmm. But that kid will give you 100 and plus percent out there on that floor. And, you know, I, I, I'm happy that he's going to pass. You know, he's, he from not been winning a championship and, and cementing his name up there, being a Hall of Famer, because that's, that's going to put him in there. Because uh, I don't doubt if he win the championship, you know. But doing that feat alone is something uh, really special. Okay. Mark? Well, the thing I appreciate most about him is the fact that he he does not take a, literally a second off. That dude is is an incredible – he has an incredible motor. He reminds me a little bit of like how Iverson played where you go, Dan, don't this guy get tired? I mean, he's, I mean, he's always, always up. I mean, full intensity. He's in incredible shape. Um. I'm a fan because I like his I like his effort. I like his intensity. I like the fact that he never cheats you. I mean, if you go if you pay it t- for a ticket to go watch a, a game, you ain't got to worry about him sitting out or you know not feeling that night. He, he like the guys complain about back to backs. I think Westbrook could probably play seven days a week, and you would have seven days a week of <laughs> of that effort. If he's just one of those guys that has that motor, you go, man. It's you know we've all played with kids like, don't you ever get tired? No, he's that guy. As far as the record goes, the records, especially in basketball. But probably, well, especially basketball, it's sort of like the passing records in the NFL. There's so, it's, it doesn't, it's not not equatable because it's not the same game. I mean, Oscar wasn't playing that way because he thought it was a big deal. We just playing that way because that's the way he played. It'd be like saying, I'm pretty sure if we looked at the the, the shooting, uh, the three-point percentages or uh, of Larry Bird, you go, man, that's all he shot? Because it was like, it was no big deal. So I, I don't count that. He's got. He's gonna have this triple double record, but it's sort of like a, like I said, I kind of like passing records. It, it doesn't really mean anything because it's not the same game that these guys are playing or that we grew up on. So I just like the fact that he plays hard all the time, um, and that he's just a tenacious player. But the record doesn't really mean anything at all. Yeah, I I, I agree with everything all of you said, uh, and I'll add this. To, to to your point, Mark, about Oscar Robinson. I, yes, he's going to break the numerical record. But given the way Oscar played, I, yeah, first of all, Russell Westbrook you know, has a motor that we've never seen or we haven't seen in a long time in the in NBA um, that he, he puts up these numbers is, is tremendous. However, uh, I'm always kind of skeptical. Yeah, I, I, I believe that he can certainly get, you know, <laughs> He, he's obviously capable of getting these numbers, but I'm not so sure that some of the big men don't run and let him get the rebound as opposed to just snatching it up themselves. Um, 
you know, certainly when you get, you know, uh, nine or 10 or 12 plus dimes, that's something that you're doing. You're setting up a, a teammate to get those. But the rebounds, I'm always I'm always kind of leery of. And I, I I think that you make the point about Oscar Robinson and when he played. Oscar Robinson played during the era of the big man. So it wasn't really commonplace for a guard to even be able to snatch 10 rebounds. No. If it happened, it happened. It wasn't, it, but it was usually that was the, the, the big man's job it was either the power forward or, or the, the, the center was grabbing, grabbing those rebounds for Oscar Robinson to play at that level. I, I think in terms of impact on the game is where I have a problem with Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robinson's impact on the game versus Russell Westbrook's impact on the game. Um, Oscar Robinson was cheated for a long time, you know, playing in Cincinnati. He didn't, never really played with another star until Kareem showed up. Um, so he, you know, Russell Westbrook, on the other hand, has played with, look at the, the players he's played with. He's played with Harden. He's played with KD. He played with KD and Harden at one point and couldn't get it done uh, to the point where KD left that team, a team that took the Golden State Warriors to seven games and said, the hell with it. I can't play here no more. To your point, Derek, I can't play with this guy. I got to get out of here. And went and got himself a chip with Golden State. So, yeah, I think the numbers are going to say a lot. I think in a vacuum of some kid is looking through the NBA record book 30 years from now and they'll see this name and they'll see these prodigious numbers and they'll be stunned by them. Um, but I'm watching the game and and I just don't feel that Russell Westbrook has a tremendous impact on the game. But to you, yes, he will certainly pass the record. He will certainly uh, pass Oscar Robinson and he'll so, put wait up. Wait a minute, Anthony. So you tell me you couldn't play with uh, Westbrook? I don't think so. No, I, of course not. Because again, I mean, it, what do you do? Well, what what position? What do you do? He he's ball you dominant. Do? You you do like Bill Cartwright. Uh, Michael Jordan did the uh, Bill Cartwright when he throws the ball at your face, you catch it and you lay it up. <laughs> that's what you do. That's how you play this game. Well, you got to assume he's going to throw the ball at your face. You got to assume he's going to throw you the ball and and not shoot some wild shot. Well, that's why you got to be prepared all the time. You can't take your eyes off of him. Oh, you'll get hit in the head with the ball. Kevin Durant couldn't play with Russell Westbrook. His boy, his childhood buddy, James Harden, said, get me the hell out of Houston. I cannot play here with this. This is my man. I can't play with him. I got to go. I I love you, brother. I can't play here no more. I got to get out of here. So I'm just saying. that's that that that's that's the thing. I, I I just don't I don't see it. I don't see how it's gonna happen. So I mean, like I said, good good for him. He will have the numbers. He will yeah. he will pad the stats. He will have a great statistical life. There are players, I think, to your point, Mark. You know, with, with passing records, they have great statistical numbers. But yeah. as you watch them, did they really impact no. the game? Were they yeah. impactful on the game? And I don't no. think he is. No, I like the past numbers are probably one that probably annoys you the most because there's gonna be there's gonna be some names on that list. You go, that guy was garbage. I mean, you gonna tell me he's better than this player? But the way the game is set up, they're gonna have these numbers that are not, they're not, they're not the same. You know, right? The, the, the number the, the, this is this is what they call lying with statistics and yeah, lying with numbers. Exactly. So, speaking of statistics and and numbers, uh, the Summer Olympics is coming up and it's scheduled to be played in Tokyo. The Olympics are coming back to Tokyo, but I don't think it's going to happen because right now Tokyo is having or experiencing their fourth fourth surge in COVID cases at this juncture in a, in a nation of almost 130 million, only 2% 
of the population has been vaccinated against COVID. Let me say that again. Only 2% of the 130 million people, so that's what 13, about 26 of the of the 130 some odd million people have been vaccinated. So uh, they're having a, a surge and now they're talking about canceling the Olympics. In fact, Naomi Osaka, our girl Naomi said they should cancel the Olympics. So you know it must be serious when, when she don't want to go. Um, and play in Tokyo. I think that would would have been tremendous to see. And she doesn't want to go. And I think a lot of athletes are saying they don't want to go either. And it's just kind of, it's insane to me. And this is this goes back to a conversation we had last week about the people who are resisting getting these shots. You know, um, I bring this up because I I want to I want to get your your final takes on on this concept. They're talking about, I think, for like some of these bars in New York and restaurants, they're talking about vaccine passports. And I want to say I am fully on board. In fact, I think they should do that just to get people who don't want to get their shots to get them on board. Because why am I still socially distancing? Why am I still wearing a mask outside? Why can I not just go to a movie theater, sit back and eat my popcorn and enjoy what's on the screen? I can't do it because people don't want to get the shot or they're not really sure they should get the shot. We've talked about all the reasons why people could be afraid or should be afraid or, or have reason to be afraid. But at this juncture, come on, man, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, uh, the fact that the people in Tokyo don't want to get vaccinated uh, and to, to, to avoid having another outbreak or another national lockdown is insane to me. The fact that that so many Americans don't want to get vaccinated to avoid having these surges and these these cases. We talked off off the air about India um, and the and the possibility that there's going to be. And I, I think we mentioned this last week. There are going to be some variants of this disease that come out of India that are going to be almost impossible to control because they have four hundred thousand cases a day. And that means that that virus is zipping through that many bodies and you're going to get mutations and you're going to get some mutations that become worse than where we started. And that that scares the living bejesus out of me because I know it, we're only 24 hours away from somebody getting it and getting it to America and spreading that bullshit over here. So I'll start with you first, Keith, and we'll go around the room. Well, I'll put it to you like this. Put it, excuse me. The Olympics should be canceled on the, the grounds of, as you say, with no uh, vaccination for the people there. That means they will infect the people that come in there. Even though they might be vaccinated, they still can get the COVID virus and bring it back here. Then you have India, which is near uh, China, and they have their issue there with with their living situation, how how the country is so big. So you have a, a like a bowl combined together with so many things mixed together. And yes, a, vir- a variant can come out of there that's stronger than what we have here and just destroy everything that we have worked so far to get to. So um, at this moment, you, you have to cancel it for another year. And I'm sorry for the athletes that, you know, who really wants to participate in it. But it's just for the safety of everyone's well-being. Yeah, I I, I agree full uh, wholeheartedly, uh, Mark. <clears throat> I do think they should cancel the Olympics just because I don't think it's it's feasible right now with the short amount of time you have to get that much work done 
in this little amount of time. As far as the vaccination cards, I'm 100% against that. I don't I don't want I it's a HIPAA deal for me. I I don't want you to have to, and I'm fully for having everybody vaccinated. I mean, I want that to be the case. I would love for the country to say, "You know what? I care about you, so I'm going to get vaccinated even if I think it's stupid." I'm but I don't want you, I don't want that to be a condition of me going places. Uh, I just don't want that being the case. I mean, I, just like I don't know if you're HIV positive or if you have tuberculosis or if you have, I, I don't want to have that be um, a scarlet letter as far as how I go and live about, even though I want everybody to get it because I want to be able to just walk in the damn building and not go, oh, I got to grab my car and get my mask. I, I want that to be the case, but I don't want that. I don't want that to be the line of demarcation. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Derek? For me, uh, I want to know who's vaccinated if I'm going into a public place so I know how to protect myself. So I I don't have a problem with bars requiring me to uh, show my uh, laminated vaccination card. I don't have an issue with that (laughs) at all. At all. No, not one bit. I need to know. I mean, because if you're not requiring it, you know, you know, I'll bring my mask and I'll do what I need to do. But if I don't need to have my mask on because everybody's, you know, vaccinated, we done checked everybody. I'm, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. So that's not a problem. Yes, you got to cancel the Olympics. Um, I just think until the, you know, COVID is because it's not under control until it's under control. It doesn't make sense for our athletes to leave uh, our country or, uh, you know, be in going over to Tokyo to, uh, to participate. It's just not worth the risk right now because you never know what they can bring back to their families. And then we are in this crisis all over again what is today may 10th remember last year may 10th you know 700 800 people a day are dying in new york we sitting there listening to our governor um hopefully we don't have to experience that again because folks brought back a uh another form of covid back into the united states of america i couldn't agree more with you guys uh you know i i, I just i think yeah I, I agree that we should certainly cancel the olympics i don't want to risk the chance of uh any NBA player, especially my Knicks, getting infected and ruining <laughs> what could be a potential championship season this year. So uh, I just want to make sure that that does not happen. That's not going to so, happen because the uh, Knicks going to be an Olympic team. That's 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 probably true. Um, but uh, in any event, I want to make sure that Julius Randle is is safe and and ready for the playoffs that we're all excited about coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, if you have not subscribed to Power to the People, I don't know what you're waiting for. Apparently, you must be a Brooklyn Nets fan and you just hate us and you don't want to subscribe because, you know, we're all <laughs> Knicks fans on this side. <laughs> but, uh, if you have not subscribed, you should subscribe. You can get us anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't want to go online to find us, just ask Alexa to play the latest Power to the People. You can find us on Pandora if you want to listen to us in your car as you're driving about. Um, you can get us, as I said, anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us on social media at Powell to the People on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter at Powell Twitter at Powell to the Peeps. P O W E L L the number two, the letters D A P E E P S. Powell to the Peeps on Twitter, and you can find us all on Instagram. I'm Comic Tony Powell. We will see you all next week. Go New York. Go New York. Go. <laughs> Peace. 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 Peace.